self-care as most moms know is hard enough when life is normal and honky dory, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard enough to just say, okay, I'm important. I need this time too. Because a lot of times we, we are full of service from sunup to sundown. It's just serving others and making sure everyone else is taken care of. And you know, at some point it's essential. Hey ladies, you're listening to the mom talks with Krista podcast. No matter where you're at in your mom and journey, we've got you covered. Each week, we share insightful interviews from experts to everyday moms, covering all aspects of motherhood. Really, no topic is off the table. You'll find honest conversations that help accomplish one key issue, getting rid of mom shaming. So if you want a judgment-free, open conversation, buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. This is Mom Talks with Krista. You're listening to episode 107 of the Mom Talks with Krista podcast. Thanks for joining me this week, guys. I'm so excited to share another great episode with you. I have Whitney Copeland here from the Copeland Bus Life, and we're going to get to that in just a little bit and share about her story. She is talking about what her family did in order to start this life on a bus. It's a vic- actually a very heavy story. There was a tragic fire um, with the bus, and she's going to talk about self-care during tragedy, where her family is at currently. And like I said, we're going to get to her story and what you can kind of expect in just a minute here. So kind of into our intro for this week, um, November is a very busy month around here, as I'm sure it is for all of you as well. You know, the holidays are quickly approaching and many of us get very overwhelmed around this time. There's so many plans and perspective plans and to-do lists that are growing, you know, every day and all of the above. And so I just want to make sure you take a minute to find time for yourself, whether, you know, it's a quick minute, but being really present in that moment and gather your thoughts, gather yourself. I talk about this a lot because we run on autopilot so many times. And so just being able to stop and just gather your thoughts and be like, okay, what do I want for this holiday season? What do I, what anxieties do I have right now? What do I need help with right now? And I think we're going to be much better off if we just do that like regular check-in. And I know it's hard to remind ourselves, but you've got to make yourself a priority and make that effort to make yourself the priority. And I just want you guys to remember that it's impossible to do everything. I think we want to be super women all the time and we are, but being a super woman doesn't mean you can do everything at once. And so if it's getting to be too much or you're feeling that you know overwhelmed and you don't know how to make certain plans work, just don't. You don't have to make it all work. Ask yourself what's the most important thing and what are the non-negotiables? What are things you have to do or want to do? Then if you have extra time, you can fill those in or fit in other things. But if all of a sudden it's like so-and-so is like, oh, we're having a holiday party or so-and-so is like, come to our Christmas party when you already have things to do or you um, are trying to go to like multiple Thanksgivings or there's something going on during baby's nap time, whatever it is, ask yourself what's the most important thing for you. What are the non-negotiables? There can be a lot of guilt around the holidays. Like, why can't you come here? Or you used to always come here. We always count on you being here. Um, or why can't you just split your time between, you know, these two places? And and it's hard because, you know, people, and we've all been guilty of this. We, we get excited to see certain people. So we expect to see them somewhere. And then when they can't come, it's like, but why, you know? But being on the other end of that as well, you have to remember, like, especially with small children, it's not 
always the easiest to be able to work around those schedules, nap time, feeding, just chaos. Sometimes you just need like, you know what, we're going to block out this whole day just to be home and do nothing because driving around is too much right now, whatever it is. So just be sure that you are checking in with yourself, asking yourself what's important to you and your family and get on the same page with your partner. I think that's a big thing too. So you're not like kind of working against each other or one says yes to something and the other is saying no. So make sure you're on the same page and kind of understand what's expected for the holiday season. And our next peanut pod actually kind of goes into this as well. So that's tomorrow, tomorrow, 1 p.m. Central. We're talking about tips for holiday anxiety. So I hope you can join us. Um, it's going to be a good one. We did one around Christmas Thanksgiving time last year, and it was a big hit because believe it or not, a lot of people feel the same overwhelm and anxiety around the holidays. So we are going to share tips for overcoming that and just being more empowered in your own voice around this time and asking yourself what makes sense for you. Okay. Continuing on from that, make sure you're following and checking out our socials this month. We are going to be sharing a lot of really good stuff. Like I said, November is a busy month, so we've got a lot planned for you. Not only our socials, but our email list as well. And we've got some great things coming for you this way that you do not want to miss out on. Also, an important note. So we've all we've long been tied to Mommy Knows Best. I am part of Mommy Knows Best. Mommy Knows Best is part of me, which you know, we obviously still are, but we have a very new partnership with Levy Mom as well. And I'm so excited for because these are two amazing brands that really work at empowering moms, empowering women, and have great products for, for breastfeeding moms as well. And we are going to be talking about them a lot more. And I have some great things coming up for Levy Mom as well as Mommy Knows Best. One of the their big um, flagship products is their breast massagers that help with milk production and milk supply while you're breastfeeding. Their more recent one is a warming massager that, man, I've seen so many videos from moms that are just, it's changing how their breastfeeding journey is going. So make sure you're not only following Mommy Knows Best, but also follow Levy Mom on Instagram, TikTok, what are the other ones? Pinterest, you know, all those good ones out there. We're going to be posting some really good stuff, especially in our stories. So those don't last long. So check out our stories within the next, uh, gosh, I think starting next week, maybe even some things this week, we might be sharing some good deals, you know, for Black Friday and all that good stuff coming up. Yeah. So that's what I got for you on that. Side note, if you're watching the video and you're like, what's going on here at this wall? So this will actually be my baby's nursery. <laughs> so I'm getting it all ready. My husband and I worked on this wallpaper yesterday. We're doing a little black and white theme. So that's why this wall is done. And this is not baby yet. <laughs> Just the back wall. But we'll slowly but surely in the videos, you'll be seeing some different changes. And I'm definitely here to share, you know, what we're kind of doing. This was uh, an Amazon find and I loved it. It was so easy to put up. Not like the old wallpaper. Okay. On to today's episode. This is a heavy topic, but it was such an amazing conversation to have with Whitney Copeland. You know, I think especially with the time nearing Thanksgiving, um, she has a really important message, so many important messages in this for those listening. And so I kind of get into it more in the introduction. So I'm just going to kind of just go with that. But this is all about the Copeland bus life, as she calls it on Instagram. And there's just a lot of strength in this woman. And so I just want you to listen with an open heart and you can also follow their journey as well. And we will share all that at the very end. All right, guys, today on the podcast, I talk with Whitney Copeland, who about a year ago now, her and her husband and four kids 
decided to take their life and go on the road. They got a used bus and renovated it to fit all of them living on it. And they drove throughout the country. They homeschooled on it and just had a lot of fun. But what had me find their story is that their trip actually ended way differently than they saw it coming. One of the nights in December, there was a propane leak, which ended with their bus going up in flames. And this left two of her children and her husband with very bad burns and having to go through surgeries since then. And so today we talk about the story, the full story, how it all happened, how she continues to be strength for her family and for her kids and kind of how to find self-care through tragedy because life does not always go the way you expect it to. But I have to say talking with Whitney, she was so inspiring so positive and so uplifting. And she shares a lot of great tips for things that she kind of learned about herself through this whole journey. And I don't want to share too much now because I just really want you to hear it from her. It is a very traumatic story, traumatic thing that they went through, but they came out on the other side, very strong. And they're still dealing with surgeries and things here, but there are so many lessons in this and messages of strength and hope and perspective, how you can really look at things. So without further ado, here is my interview with Whitney Copeland. Enjoy. I'm so excited to talk to you. I mean, there's, there's a lot I like, I want to cover and talk to you about, but before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about you and we'll kind of go from there. So my name is Whitney and I'm a mom of four. I've been married to my husband, Kyle, for I think 15 years this year. So we've been together for about 17. We were, I should say he was in the military when we first got married. So we moved around quite a bit. I really enjoyed the military aspect and like learning new stuff and meeting new people. It was really fun to like just travel and go around. So we were, we got out of the military in like 2018. We have four kids. Like I said, our oldest is 12. Her name is Pepper. We have Cade, who is 10, Emery, who is seven and crew who is four years old. So I'm very busy. We do homeschool. I love homeschooling. Like there's a lot to it, but at the end of the day, I'm like always happy that we're doing it. So it makes me feel very fulfilled. And I love that time with my kids. We also have a dog named Hazel. She's a little standard poodle. We just love her to death. And we just love being outdoors. We like family time. It's our biggest priority. We've always really focused on being together as a family and that's kind of who we are. Awesome. Love that. And so the way like I found you, I think you were, you, you post a lot of updates through your life and kind of what goes on with your kids. And it started with, and I'm, you can share more about this, but started with you guys wanted to buy a used bus to kind of go travel the country and kind of see the country with your kids. So what was that kind of like deciding factor for? And like, kind of how did you guys, you know, make the decision to do that? and kind of what your journey was with that. So little backstory. Um, my husband had a brain injury in 2016 that really shook our lives up. It was a big change for our family. The whole family, really the dynamics shifted a lot. Kyle was no, no longer able to work full time. And so that put that weight on my shoulders, which I have a, a background in nursing. So that came in really handy. Mm-hmm. Luckily I hadn't had to use it. I was a stay at home mom, but I, I jumped right in and we, I was able to support our family for a time. And during that time, it was just, it was survival mode. It was, it got to the point where it was just like, we were living paycheck to paycheck. We were 
trying so hard and we were running around and I just, I literally would get home and put my kids to bed. And it was like, I do not like this life that we're living. And so we decided what can we do to really like lower our monthly sort of like monthly payments and monthly bills. Our biggest monthly at the time was our mortgage. And so we're like, what can we do to get this down? Like we have to have a place to live. Duh. So we had, uh, we literally one night we had just like heard of, like had this idea. We're like, what if we like got a camper or an RV? And then it kind of went into, why don't we buy a bus and make it our own? And so that's where that all started. We really wanted to minimize and downsize our our monthly payments. And with Kyle not being able to work full-time, it just made sense. It was, um, I wanted to be home, but in order for me to be home, we had to really lower our cost of living. So that's where that all started. And so moving onto the bus was a goal and a dream of ours. It took two years. It was a very long process. It wasn't just like, Ooh, let's go do this. And with Kyle's brain injury, I'm sure it slowed down the process a bit, but in the end we finished and we absolutely adored it. It was just, it was our home and we loved it. It was honestly one of the best times of our lives. We look back and we're still, there's no regrets. So we loved it. And so we decided to travel the U S and really just focus on our kids and focus on time together. A lot of times with brain injury, um, the person with brain injury is very tired, very lethargic most Mm -hmm. of the day. And so we could really tailor our schedules and our day around daddy. So when he was awake, we would go on hikes when he was, he needed a rest, we would do schoolwork. And so it just tailored our lives to the way we wanted it. So we could fit what we wanted into the day rather than running the rat race of everyone else telling us our schedules and what we needed to do. So that was the main focus of the bus. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, how did your kids like get accustomed to kind of like the bus, like lifestyle? Did they kind of... So, um, were, were they into it at first or did it take a little bit or everyone was so excited. Like it was just, you know, it's just fun and it's like different and new. So, but when we first got on, it took everyone about two weeks to really get adjusted. It was a very tight living space. A lot of times we were crawling over each other and there wasn't like a necessarily like a one quiet area on the bus. So we just had to learn a lot. We had to learn a lot about our personal space, personal bubbles. We had to learn communication skills. So once that all, like, once we got that figured out, it was, we had a rhythm and it was, it was fun. Like I said, it was just, it was playtime 90% of the day. So it was just, it was fun. That's cool. And so of course I want to talk about too, like how I kind of first came across you guys talking about, I think I, it was like a photo of your husband and son after surgeries. And so to kind of go backwards, you're, your trip on the bus kind of ended differently than you guys had saw and planned for. So can you kind of walk us through what happened and kind of where you're at with it today? Yeah. So on December 27th of 2021, so just this past December, two days after Christmas, we had gone out to dinner and we were, we had just got back for the night. We were going to hook up our trailer because when we went to town, we normally didn't take our trailer with us. So my husband and I were outside. It was dark. It was about 10 PM. I was holding a flashlight for him. So it was dark outside. We were hooking up the trailer and our four kids were on the bus in their bunk beds and they were just kind of playing around and reading. And 
a propane leak happened. There was a propane leak and the pilot light on our heater ignited the bus that night. One of our daughters ran off and she was able, she was the one that was saying the heater's making a weird noise. There's a weird noise. And so Kyle and I went running, but by the time we got to the door, the whole bus bus was in flames, like from like 75%. So the back like quarter was not on fire yet. And that's where our bunk beds were. That's where our children were. So Kyle, he ran on, he kind of pushed me back. He did not want me on the bus, which in hindsight, it was, it had to happen that way. There's no way I could have gone on there and carried kids off. Like there's just no way. So he ran on um, and grabbed two of our children. Our oldest and our youngest were on the bus. Um, When he entered the bus, um, the oldest, our daughter Pepper was protecting her brother from the flames. So she was standing between him and the flames. And, um, he was able to grab the two of them. And in the struggle of getting off, Pepper was trying to warn her dad that her brother was stuck in his bunk bed, that she did not want to leave him behind, but it was so loud in there and so dark and filled with smoke. There was just no way he could hear her. So he ended up putting her kind of in a headlock and dragging her out. Mm -hmm. Um, At that very moment, we found out later that Cade had been instructed by, uh, you know, a Holy Spirit or however you want to look at it. He had a a very sense, a good sense or a good feeling. I need to climb out the window. And it was a window that his dad had taught him how to open. And and it wasn't necessarily for escape, but it turned out that that's what it was used for. We had locked the keys in the bus once, and that's how he knew how to open it and escape correctly out of the window. So he, um, he escaped out the window and he, it was like a 10 foot drop and he was head, he went head first. So it was really quite, yeah, he, he did really good. He was like a little monkey hung, hung out head first. And then he was able to turn around and spin somehow and land on his feet. So super proud of that kid. (laughs) He did what he was supposed to. So the two children that were on the bus, they were injured pretty extensively. Pepper was burnt over 56% of her body, second and third degree burns, Mm -hmm. um, sustaining most of it to her hands and arms. Um, and then crew, he, um, he was 26% burnt on his body and his was his whole face and then his hands and arms as well. So it was a very tragic night. It was not what we had planned or anticipated. We had been on the bus full time for about five months. So mm-hmm. it was, it was a great time in our lives. Like we still look back at it very fondly and we miss it. Like it, it was a very good time for us and we worked so hard for it. So that was, I think, very, very difficult. So then the next, gosh, it's been seven months since the accident, but Pepper has been out of the hospital only for four weeks. So she oh, was wow. in the hospital for six months or about five and a half months. And that was very challenging. Kyle and crew, our youngest were in the hospital for one month. So they got all their treatments at the same hospital. So we had three family members in the hospital, Kyle and crew for about a month. And then Pepper was for five months. And the amount of treatments and things that they did during their stay, I will always be amazed and like what the body can do, you know, being there every day was different. Like it was, it was difficult. I'm grateful for learning all that I've learned, but at the same time, I would never want to do that again. It was very, very difficult watching your children go through stuff like that. I just, it's, I, I think of other parents that have to go through this and it's, it's not one that I wish upon anyone. So, 
So currently we are all home. We are moving forward. There's lots of therapies, lots of different, you know, different doctor's appointments. There was one week that we had 20 doctor's appointments between the three family members. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how is this my new life? (laughs) So that was like the second week she was home from the hospital. And so it's calmed down a bit. We still have somewhere in between three to six appointments a day still though sometimes. And it's just like run, run, run. But there are the... All have an upcoming surgery in August. So next month they'll all have um, release surgeries is what they're called. So with scarring, they contract or tighten. And so skin grafts, when they're put on, they don't stretch very well. And so over time, as your body heals, it needs to go in and have a release done so that that body can continue or the skin continue to grow. And especially where crew is so little, he'll probably end up having the most release surgeries over the next 10 or so years because Mm -hmm. he has to be a grown man one day. Right. So his little hands have to be almost quadruple in size at some point. So he'll probably have the most release surgeries. So the next one coming up, this will be crew's second release surgery. So, but, um, pepper will have one. And so will dad. So Kyle, Kyle, his, most of his burns were on his eyes and around his ears. And so his eyelids are what's contracting. So they have to do release surgery. So his eyelids don't shut all the way. So he cannot Mm. see fully right now. So that's really difficult. He's kind of been stuck in the house a lot. He can't see with bright lights. We have to have the house pretty dark during the day Mm -hmm. and he can't drive yet. Nothing like that. So that's been a, a very interesting and difficult thing just because with as many appointments as we have, like he's not able really to participate in getting them there. And so we've had family members here the whole time. I think I've been alone like three days total, which is huge in like seven months. That's huge. So Mm -hmm. we've had either family or friends here helping us. So super, super blessed in that aspect. I could not do this without everyone else here. Like, honestly, this is not a one-man show. There's absolutely no way it would even be possible. This podcast is sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Are you looking for a lactation cookie that's not only effective but tastes good? Mommy Knows Best offers an assortment of lactation cookies, brownies, and our newest ready-to-eat lactation cookies, perfect for our on-the-go moms. We offer six different flavors, including a dairy and gluten-free option. And let me tell you guys, you would not even know it's dairy and gluten-free unless someone told you it's It's so good. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. With an assortment of lactation treats and supplements that contain all natural herbal remedies traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Right now, Mommy Knows Best is offering 20% off when you use the code Mom talks at mommyknowsbest.com. That's M O M T A L K S for 20% off. Wow. I mean, I've, I've so many questions and so many like thoughts. I mean, I'm sure like, like your mind, there's just so many things going on in your mind, you know, when, when all this went down, I mean, first I know, so you were kind of blogging your guys's like journey in life, like as you're around. So in that moment when this happened, did you right away say, you know what, I want to share this story. I want to update or for you, was that kind of like 
helping you kind of process what was going on as well. So there were stages. I look back at it now and I'm like, okay, there were stages there. Cause at first it was a way just to update family and friends because the word spread, spread very quickly. I mean, this was a very large event. It wasn't just like a little sideshow. It was a big, big deal. And all of our family members, my, I was just, I remember it was like day three or four. And I was like, dad, I cannot keep everybody updated. I can't like, I, I have multiple cousins and aunts and uncles and friends and siblings all reaching out grandparents. And it was just like, I, it was overwhelming. It was to the point where I was like, I can't even think. So I reached out to a, a family member and asked them, could you, if I'll just send you a text and really like jumbled form. Can you make sense of it? And can you post something for me? And so it started out with just updates, like get, getting people to stop messaging me essentially. <laughs> like I can't answer all these questions. So um, it started out as that. And then I feel like it transitioned at some point, I think after Kyle and crew got home, things slowed down a little bit and I was able to really get through some of the hardest parts by sharing my feelings and my experiences. It was almost like a, a self-grown therapy, if you will, like instead of a journal, it was a way to update and journal for me. And it was a way Mm -hmm. to really get some of my feelings through and, I've learned that writing really helps me. I did not know that before. That wasn't something that I ever knew about myself. So as I was writing these posts, it was like a lot of these releases were happening and I was able to really start feeling. So it transitioned to that. And then after that, the, just the response we were getting, the people that were reaching out and the people that were like telling us how inspired they were and how how much love they felt. It was just, it was inspiring to us. It was like, okay, if these people are feeling this, we're feeling it too. And so it then became more of a, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to word it, but like a calling or like a feeling of like, I want to share our experiences. If it's going to help anyone else, let it like, if it doesn't help, that's fine. Or if someone doesn't want to hear it, keep scrolling. But Mm -hmm. I just felt this sense of there was just a great response. And I felt this sense of like, just wanting to, to be a part of something bigger, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like your story needed to be heard and, um, yeah. And, and spread to other people because yeah, I think just like sharing is so important, especially it helps us kind of connect, I think in other, in other ways. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I just had to say like, how, Like, I mean, you even talk about that one week where you had so many doctor's appointments in one week and you're, you know, you still, you're keeping up with all these schedules. So like, I know we really want to talk about, you know, self-care during tragedy because you're kind of in this survival mode of like taking care of everyone around you and doing things for everyone. And even talking with you today, you know, you're very, you, you seem very like, um, on, uh, you know, everything's like under control. Like, I mean, you you say all the support you have. So I just wonder like, how, how have you taken care of yourself during all this? And how have you, you know, allowed yourself those moments of, you know, weakness or those moments of, you know, sadness and like kind of allow each different emotions in each kind of stage, segment, I guess. Yeah. 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 Self-care as most moms know is hard enough when life is normal and honky dory, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's hard enough to just say, okay, I'm important. I need this time too, because a lot of times we, we are 
full of service from sunup to sundown. It's just serving others and making sure everyone else is taken care of. And, you know, at some point it's essential, like it really is essential for, and, and I know, I know people have heard like put your mask on before you help others, like your oxygen mask, like that, that scenario, or you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup, like all of those things. It's so true. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't help others. Like you can, but eventually it's just gonna, you're, you're going to fizz out. Mm -hmm. There was a point in time that there was absolutely no time for self-care, like for me personally, and this, everybody handles it differently, but there was a time that literally I had no time or no mental capacity to even think about myself. If that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. in those times, I felt like it was super important for me to acknowledge one, I know that I'm not getting the care that I need. And then two, accepting that like, okay, as long as I'm acknowledging and accepting of that, like I, I'm, I'm not in denial or I'm not saying, oh, that's not important. It's important to acknowledge that, okay, self-care is important. I wasn't able to do it then. That doesn't mean I won't be able to get back on track, if that makes sense. So I'm slowly getting back online. I feel like there have been so many opportunities and so many people willing to just take my kids or make me a meal, um, allowing me time to focus on myself. And I, I feel like that is such a blessing. And I've been able to, like I said, get back online a little bit. I remember the first time I made a meal after the accident was about four months. Okay. Like four months after I like, I didn't have to cook for four months. That's everyone's like, Oh, that's cool. I'm like, no, it's not like for my brain. It wasn't like, it's it important to me. And I, I, you know, I, we cook most of our meals at home and I've taught my kids how to cook. Like that's one of my, I love doing that. And so I remember I cooked my first meal and I remember my son, Kate, he's 10. He's like, mom, you did awesome. And I was like, oh, I just, I loved him for that. He was like, you did great. This is so good. And like, oh. He was just so sweet about it. And um, it's just like the little things, like I felt like for some reason or for some reason, or that's not what I'm trying to say. At one point, I remember thinking, my kids are going to, to just remember this as a horrible time. Like this is going to be, this is going to be really rough on them. Like I, I didn't want them to think back and like have really, really bad feelings or bad, like memories of this time here that we're here in the, at the, in Vegas. And no, my kids have over and over again, just shocked me. And they're like, this is great. Like, they'll tell me about an experience. This was my best day this year. And it was like in February when in the thick of everything. And it was like, okay, so I have learned kids are resilient. They love you no matter what, and they will show up. They're just going to show up. Even if you don't give them all of the reasons to succeed, they're going to show up and they're going to just live life. And so I no, watching my kids, they will always choose self-care. So they're a great example to me of like, okay, make things fun when you have time, you know, like mm-hmm. whether it's making a game of doing the dishes, like as silly as that sounds like that's what my kids are teaching me. Like, mom, if this is all you got time for, make it fun. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's anyways, that's where I don't know. I know self-care is important. Do I have room for improvement? Yes. Most moms do though. (laughs) So, and that's okay. I guess just give yourself some grace and just acknowledge and accept where you're at, right where you're at. 
Yeah. And I think too, like you acknowledging, just being aware of those moments where you're like, okay, I don't have time right now, but I will, you know, it's something that you're then more aware of to be in this mode right now where I got to, you know, help everyone. I think that's, that's really important. And so kind of take me back to like, after it happened, were like, were you guys in a state that was far from home? How did you guys then like transfer to like, did you have to go back to your home state? Did you find the nearest hospital right then? And then where were you kind of living in between those, you know, hospital visits? Okay. So the accident happened in Utah. We actually had sold our house previously about a year previous in Utah. So we didn't have a home anymore. Our home was the bus. So mm-hmm. um, that was an interesting aspect of everything. So once once the accident happened, it was like, okay, we're kind of homeless. <laughs> like, but in that moment, the the medical personnel actually chose where we we went. Like we didn't have a say, obviously. There was a hospital about five hours from us in Utah. And there was one in Vegas that was two hours away. Two of the family members were um, at such a high risk that there's no way they could have taken the five hour, get up there and like the five hour route. So we, they chose to life flight us to the Las Vegas hospital. And so we all went to Vegas. Um, Two of our, the two kids that were not injured they actually stayed in Utah and they went with family up in Idaho and they were there for two months. So we didn't get to see our kids in person wow. for two months, oh, wow. but it, that was a struggle. But once we got to Vegas, you know, a month, uh, about three weeks had passed and I started realizing like, okay, Kyle and crew are going to get out of the hospital soon. Where are we going? Like, what is our next step? So we had discussed with the doctors and they said, Pepper's looking at like six to eight months in the hospital. And I was like, okay, that's a big deciding factor. Um, We, she was never stable enough, like towards the beginning or even the middle to transfer her. So that was never really an option. So we decided to rent a home here in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And um, there was actually a, a business that wanted to help us with our rent for the first year. And so that was a huge gift, a huge blessing. We, we will always be grateful for that because this is our home where we will do most of the healing. And so it was very important, important to us to find a place that was, you know, able to help us heal in a way that was effective and to allow our kids space. And, you know, so that was, that was a huge, 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 huge help. And we're so grateful for that still today. Like there's, we couldn't have done it without them. So Anyway, so we're here in Vegas still. Um, Our lease is up in about three months. We got like a nine month lease. And so we're still deciding we have three months. So the clicker or the timer's on, but we're looking at some properties and trying to figure out what is best for our family. But so when we were, when we were life lighted here, we kind of, we, we chose to stay here until everybody's was more stable. And so we're to that point, but now it's like, we got to transition all of our therapies to a new place. So that'll be a new task for a new day. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, I wow. just got this mess cleaned up. Now I gotta do it again. <laughs> exactly. And so how do you, I'm sure like there's good days and bad days. I mean, like your, your kids are going through so much I mean, with all the surgeries and I'm sure just like relearning things and kind of being strong through all of it. So how do you encourage your kids on those days that might just be a difficult day, or maybe they're in a lot of pain or whether that's, you know, physically or emotionally, how do you, how are you there for them to kind of encourage them in those days? 
So two things, I think, um, adapting is, is very important and, and change is hard, but when you're kind of forced into it, you don't really have a whole lot of choice. Adapting is super important. And I'm trying to teach my kids that lesson of like, okay, well, you can't do this. You can't do X, Y, and Z, but what can you do? And focusing on the things we can do rather the things we can't do. For example, like 4th of July, we couldn't, the kids were just so upset. We can't go to a parade. We can't go. And I'm like, well, it's too hot. The sun, the ki- some of us can't be in the sun. And so it was, it was really difficult for them to really accept like, well, this is different and we don't like it. And Mm -hmm. so we turned it around and instead of focusing on what we couldn't do, well, what's something fun we can do? Can we start a new tradition? Is there something that we can focus on today to really brighten our day? And we decided it was a, it was a vote and everyone decided we went night swimming with, Mm -hmm. with uh, glow sticks and it was a blast and the kids loved it. And then we didn't have to focus on what we couldn't do. We could focus, oh, tonight we get to go swimming and so that was, that's huge. And I feel like we are constantly doing that with, with life. Really. It's if you, if you just turn it around, it's about perspective really, and how you look at a situation. So that's really how we've been doing it. Um, and then there was another point I was thinking, but I can't remember it. So just perspective and changing, you know, the way you view something and and choosing into the situation rather than focusing on what you can't do. Yeah. I love that. I love that change of perspective. And I think sometimes we don't think of like how just like a change in perspective can really help so much of like our day-to-day lives, you know? Yeah. Cause like you said, we focus a lot of times on the negative or what we can't do or what we're, you know, held back from, but yeah. What can you do? Um, And then I I thought of the other thing I was going to say is I keep telling my kids and and I think it's a good reminder for me too, but when they're hurting or when they're, they just don't want to do something and just like, Oh, I don't want to do this therapy or stretching really hurts. It makes me cry and it hurts. It's temporary. I have to keep telling them that it only lasts 15 minutes. You can do anything for 15 minutes. And when that 15 minutes is over, you don't have to worry about it for 24 hours. You don't have to do it again until tomorrow. This is temporary and putting that into perspective. And it really actually helps me as an adult, but then, I mean, my four-year-old can relate. You can say, okay, we'll read a book. That's how long it will take. You have to wear your braces for 15 minutes. Let's pick two books. That's how long it's going to take. And for him, it's like, oh, I can do two books, you know, and putting it into perspective for age, for age appropriateness too. I think that's really important. So just knowing that this is temporary, you don't have to do this forever. That's really helped the kids and me. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I was actually going to ask you like through all of this, I'm sure you've learned a lot yourself or through sharing lessons with your kids, it's kind of taught you new things. So is there anything else in particular that you're like looking back, you're like, I gained this new insight or I saw this new strength in myself or I learned this lesson. This might sound silly, but there was a point in time that I, I, I didn't sleep at the very, very beginning, the first couple of weeks. And I used to have this belief or this idea that if mommy doesn't get eight hours of sleep, it's not going to be a good day. Like mm-hmm. I always had the belief, like I need my rest. If I don't get to sleep then, but there were literally two to four weeks that I got, sometimes I'd get two hours a day or mm-hmm. I would sleep 10 minutes here, 30 minutes there. And it's like, I pushed through and I did not know I had that capability. And so I think giving yourself these false sense of 
it's a limiting belief saying that like, mm-hmm. I have to have sleep. I mean, I know this is a small example, but that I learned I can do way more than what I mentally think I'm capable of. That was something that was like huge for me. Like it was, it was a marathon for a good month and I, we did it. So I'm like, I know it's possible. So what I'm trying to get at is having limiting beliefs. I'm like, those are all out the window now. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if something's put in front of me, we can do it. Like we, you can figure out anything. You can do anything for 15 minutes. Right. (laughs) So so I think that's a huge, that was a huge shift for me is having limited beliefs about myself or my capabilities. No, I can do just about anything. So that was huge. Yeah. I love that. Like, cause yeah. How many times do we put our own limiting beliefs on ourselves? Like, oh no, I can't do that. Like I need this or. I can only do this for that, you know, amount of time. But when we're put in certain situations, our body and our minds are kind of amazing when we can do it. Your body will amaze you. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. And so I know you're kind of talking about like the next steps. You're kind of, it's like in the near kind of far future. So you're figuring out the next steps, but what in general, what do you kind of see for your family in the future? What's kind of make bringing you joy right now or exciting you for the future? We're currently looking for a property that has some acreage. We would love to have some type of a little homestead farm. We'd like to have a few animals. We'd love to garden. We'd love to just get our hands in the dirt for say, and just enjoy life. We'd love to just raise our kids in a way that, you know, they're respectful. They know their limitations, but they also know what, what amazing things they can do. I'm just, we're, we're looking forward to being together and being somewhat normal again. I feel like we're finally getting back into a routine. Um, just in the last couple of weeks, it's been six months of just chaos. So we're excited (laughs) to just live our lives and we're more of the kind of, uh, out of the city, um, just slow paced kind of chill kind of people, you know, bus life kind of life. And so I don't think there will ever be a bus in the future. I think there may be some type of, a maybe a travel trailer that we go on weekends or maybe for one or two weeks at a time. I don't think that's out of us. Um, we were having so much fun and we, we feel like there was just so much left to do and so much left to see. So I know that that is definitely an option for us. And I think that just having hope of a future is important and we're excited for a very bright future for our family. Awesome. I love that. And I always like to ask the moms I interview on here, if you could have a billboard made today, we could share one tip with moms everywhere. What would you have it say? I was supposed to think about this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've shared a lot of tips already too. (laughs) Um, Don't hold back. Remember to live today. I love that. That's good. And of course, where can everyone follow more of your story and your blog? And I just wanted to say thank you for coming on here. I know it's a very, it's a very, you know, tough story. It was a tragedy you guys went through, but showing your strength and sharing your story, like you're kind of saying earlier, helps so many people. I feel like in their own stories, just hearing your inspiring story and how you guys stay strong through it all. I think it's just amazing. And so where can everyone follow more of your story? So we're on Instagram. I think that's the the biggest one right now, but I'm at Copeland Bus Life. And it's cute. My kids are like, are we going to change that? And I'm like, you know what? 
not today because I'm not ready. So, <laughs> yeah. so we're at Copeland Buzz Life. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Whitney. It was so nice meeting with you. And I can't wait to follow more of your story and see what happens next. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed or found something to take away from today's interview. It's such a tragic, tragic story. My heart breaks for them. I mean, I just can't even imagine what that was like going through it. But talking to Whitney, she has such strength. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's, she's probably told the story so many times too now where it's, it becomes, you know, maybe easier to tell. I'm not too sure, but it's such a tragic thing that she went through, but it just shows that through all this, she talks about the way she's been able to care for her family and make it a priority to change her own perspective. Um, and then when things get kind of crazy and things get hard to find that time for self-care, and she's really open and honest and saying, you know what, there were some times where I didn't have any time for self-care. I don't even know what that was in that time, but changing perspective and filling your your heart and your mind with gratitude can really just change how you see things. So for more updates on her story, how they're doing, she shares a lot about, you know, just different updates and how they're doing and real life stuff. It's heavy, but it's real. And I think it's beautiful in that. So follow their story at Copeland Bus Life on Instagram. Um, she shares a lot there. She also has a blog where she puts all the updates. Well, so thank you guys for tuning in this week. Again, as a reminder, we are doing a peanut pod tomorrow, 1 p.m. Central. We're talking about tips for holiday anxiety and how to overcome holiday anxiety. And if you were feeling overwhelmed with holidays coming up, I highly suggest you check it out. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I will see you next week for another episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast. For more information about this show, past shows, or to check out our YouTube channel, please see our show notes. If you loved the show, please share it with your mom tribe. The bigger, the better. Thanks for listening and have a great day.